Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Blair's Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 21st of April, and my name is Helen Freer. Coming up today, I'll be talking to Mike Rauber about the latest market news, including, of course, what happened in the markets yesterday. And we're also joined today by Ben Zaboldvoy, who will then update us on the world of currencies. So let's get started. Good morning, Mike. What can you tell us, first of all, about the market action in the US yesterday? Good morning, Helen. Yes, uh, so U.S. stocks fell and bonds rose after the release of downbeat economic reports and disappointing earnings. In fact, the S&P 500 dropped 0.6% with all sectors except the defensive consumer staples ending the day in the red. And so economic data releases showed that recurring unemployment benefit applications rose to their highest since 2021 and the conference board U.S. leading index, which gives a sense of the future state of the U.S. economy, contracted by 1.2%, the most since early 2020. As mentioned already, some earnings releases also disappointed, with the telecom company AT&T dropping 10%, its biggest daily loss since 2000, and also Tesla shares losing nearly 10% too, although they are known for being quite volatile. And so U.S. Treasury yields declined on the weaker economic data releases with the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury yield declining by more than 0.1% to just over 4.1% this morning. And we had some data out in the UK yesterday. What was that? Yes, sir, um, Helen, indeed. A report released yesterday evening showed that UK household confidence shot up to its highest level since the war in Ukraine sent inflation soaring. Uh, somewhat surprising, one could say, but it was helped by newfound optimism on the health of the economy and personal finances. But it seems it is not showing yet in UK retail sales figures because they were reported just this month and they fell a larger than expected 0.9% last month. And what about oil and gold? What have they been doing? Yep, uh, Brent oil, uh, it dropped 2.4% yesterday and, and is at $81 a barrel this morning. And so the black gold has wiped out almost all its gain from earlier this month when OPEC plus countries announced a surprise output cut. The real gold, it is just around $2,000 an ounce this morning. Uh, and in what uh, some see as the new gold, meaning Bitcoin, it is above $28,000 after some weakness midweek but of course still up greatly this year. And maybe one other interesting observation or headline that I saw, it's a little bit off the beaten track for most inv investors and in, the main, in dimensions when talking about central banks, but Argentina's central bank lifted its key policy rate by 3% to an astonishing 81% on inflation concerns. Okay, wow. Yes, worth mentioning. Um, and so far today in Asia, what are we seeing in Asian equity markets this morning? Yeah, we're seeing Asian equities are falling Wall Street, with China down more than 1% and uh, Nikkei dropping around 0.3%. In Japan, inflation figures X, the more volatile food component, uh, showed a slightly greater than expected rise of 3.1% on the year in March. Uh, but I think Benza Baldway will also take up the yen in a minute, so I leave this topic for him to cover in more detail. But away from markets, it is being reported that U.S. President Joe Biden will sign an executive order next month that will limit investments in key parts of China's economy 
for American businesses. And this also echoes comments made by U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen yesterday. She said that the U.S. will safeguard its national security, even if it comes at an economic cost to its relationship with China. And what should we be looking out for today then? There's some more data coming out later, right? Yeah, certainly. Um, so, of course, it is earnings season with Holdsim. It lifted its full year outlook and SAP sees full year profit beating estimates on cloud gains, having already reported. In the US, Procter & Gamble and the oil services company Schlumberger will be just two of the many publishing their results in Europe and the US. And we will also get a good take on the US and European economy, economies with the release of the purchasing managers indices uh, later today. And, and lastly, when I look at the, the market figures, I see US and European equity futures are pointing towards a flat open on this day, last day of the week. But that's all from me. Thanks, Alan. Great. Thank you very much, Mike. Ben, sir, good morning. Great to have you on the show this morning as well. So what have you got for us? What's been happening so far in Q2 in the world of currencies? Good morning, Alan. The first weeks of Q2 have seen a continuation of the FX market themes that prevailed in the latter half of March, but with fairly reduced overall intensity. While the broad greenback has rebounded marginally from the last week's lows, the dollar remains mostly under modest pressure, even if more unevenly so. The dollar weakness that manifested in the two weeks following the mid-March peak in banking turbulence lost momentum in the past fortnight against risk-on currencies such as the Brazilian real, Mexican peso and the rand, while persisting instead against the likes of euro, Swiss and sterling. And what do you think the reasons are for this mixed price action of the dollar? Reckon it is twofold. Firstly, the uncertainty about the global growth picture has remained persistent. A lot of head-scratching is going on as Chinese Q1 GDP and March trade data came in strong. Yet, industrial production and investment numbers have failed to bring any further clarity to the near-term outlook for global growth. This conundrum is backed up by the ongoing high level of dispersion in global commodity prices and by the lack of follow-through in energy markets from the surprise OPEC plus supply cut announced at the beginning of April, as also mentioned by Mike. Secondly, rate markets witnessed much more contained moves in the past two weeks compared with the high volatility that we witnessed during Q1. This materialized in similarly contained and parallel shifts in monetary policy tightening expectations, which in turn mutually affects price action and war. And what's the outcome of all of this then? The current takeaway is that FX markets appear to be in some kind of a holding pattern with the status quo priced in view that Fed will start to cut rates well ahead of its peers, keeping the greenback subdued. So what should we watch for next then, do you think? Indeed. I mean, we have a couple of things coming up, but really we should focus on major things that are the next FOMC and ECB rate decisions due on 3 and 4 May, but essential data releases are spread around those dates which will further test market expectations. For the time being, Q1 earnings releases should take center stage. And do you have anything to report out of Asia? Yes, indeed. Bank of Japan's rate setting is due on 28 April, and this will be governed with its debut as chair, making it the most highly anticipated event in the near future for yen market participants, as indicated by the twist in the implied dollar-yen wall curve around the two-week tenure 
at odds with the timing of peak risk premium price further out on the euro-dollar war curve, coinciding with Fed and ECB rate decisions. To me, dollar-yen is a real paradox, and whenever I think it is finally giving in, it turns around. Anyways, I see no reason why it should not be bound for 125. And just to finish off then, any thoughts on metals? Certainly. We are seeing weekly price action for both gold and silver, as both of them struggle to shape clear direction around their respective big figure level. The uptrend line shows a proper lead on the market and resistance around 2050 for the time being, and the breakthrough this level should further generate additional buying. Currently, we are far from this level and need to see if we keep our heads above the water with the support line at 1970. Even though we are hovering around 2000, which is a real pivot for the market, it does not give us any clear signs. One thing for sure, I would never want to be short of any metals. That is all I have to say for today. Thank you, Helen, for the chat. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a lovely weekend. And Helen, I pass the mic back to you. Great. Thank you very much, Ben, sir. Very interesting. So that's all for today. Thanks again to Mike and Ben, sir, for the conversation this morning. And thank you all for tuning in. Do join us again on Monday when Bernadette will be back and she'll be talking to more colleagues, including our head of technical analysis, Menzel Pachinci. But until then, have a great day and a great weekend, everyone. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.